At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. I'm just here for the spice. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 3. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I'm here with my comic book team, Janelle Wheeler and Matthew Aguilar. Oh, that's me. Hi. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Yeah, I got you guys both at once. Getting mechanical at this time. And joining us today is producer Jim Viscardi back. Um, yes. Who also hosts our uh, Wild Pokemon Has Appeared podcast. And you guys often know from, if you're watching on stream, you also know him from the uh, Phase Zero podcast where he makes an often appearance over on that side as well. So we are here today because we got a smorgasbord of stuff to talk about. And as you guys know, these are my favorite episodes, right? Because uh, it's a little bit of everything I feel like we've got. We got stuff that touches on big movies, gaming, geek stuff, Marvel, DC. So we got a lot to get to, and let's just jump right in and get right to it. What is up with that Uncharted trailer? <laughs> Did you guys see that? Uh, <laughs> oh, you, know, you see this? You know of about course. this? Throw a little yeah. Jerry Seinfeld on it. You see this? You know about I, this? I sent a message to Kofi after yeah, I watched it and went, we have to talk about this. <laughs> I, yes, I'm, a, I'm almost worried that we're, we're probably this close Almost to worse. Tom Holland growing out a really bad goatee just to <laughs> not look 17, right? Like that's like we're we're really close to that moment, and it's gonna be a sad day for everybody. He really has but, a baby ooh. face. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Tom not Holland. even it's not even that. I mean, it's it's like yeah, yes, because that is part Tom of Holland. It. Yeah, that we is part of it. Talk about. But like Tom Holland is a great like I'm not I'm not hating on Tom Holland's acting abilities no, or anything absolutely like that. Not. He's great. Uh when they first made the casting announcement that said, hey, he's Nathan Drake, I went, Meh. and then I went, I'm going to hold out hope. And then I watched the trailer, and it wasn't until the last, like, 12 seconds of that trailer that I went, oh, that looks like Uncharted. And yeah. that actually felt <laughs> the like plane, that was right? Uncharted. Like, right, like, yeah. I was like, when he, when the it's car, Indiana Jones. when like, the car comes out, he's like, oh, like, that part felt Drake. And I was like, yeah. the entire time I was waiting for that and never got it. And I was like, oh, like every concern I had came to life. And <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, this I feel thing, like, ahead, okay, I feel like I, I will just say this. I have not played Uncharted. Obviously, I'm a little familiar with it because I'm on Twitch. Uh, but I, I feel like this is going to be more liked by people who haven't played the game <laughs> like who, who don't have that preconceived notion of what it should be or what they want it to be i can just go into this going oh it's like an indiana jones movie like this is exciting and i get to see tom holland who i love yeah. you know yeah i mean you guys are being real nice man um, <laughs> I'm I'm nice. Yeah, 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 hey hold on let's just get let's get real here <laughs> 
First of all, Tom Holland's problem isn't that he has a baby face. Tom Holland's problem is he currently has the agent that Tom Holland has. Ooh. And he keeps doing this stuff that is not doing him any favors. Like, this is, this, I mean, this Uncharted thing is a mess. I mean, the casting, this is one of those cases where it is kind of the train wreck we slowly kind of saw happening. Um, this looked, the beginning of this looked like an SNL skit. And I was like, wow, man, SNL really has pulled to get both Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland together for like a crazy skit, you know, and just ragging on each other. And then it was like, oh, no, this is a movie, like a real movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, Tom Holland is, I mean, beyond Spider-Man, Tom Holland has some struggles in the career right now. I mean, chaos walking dead, cherry dead, this so far as, I mean, the best thing about it is internet memes and like, yeah, Tom (laughs) Holland needs a new agent because he's a talented kid, but like none of these movie roles are screaming like major success story to me for Tom Holland. Now I could be wrong about Uncharted fan base. Have you... Have you have you played the Uncharted games? I played the last couple because I wasn't I was an Xbox at the time those were coming out on like PS. Did you um, play three? I'm curious. Yeah, I played three. I never finished three. I like played it at a friend's house because three has the has the flashbacks where he's Mm -hmm. younger, and even that he even Holland didn't get that. I'm aware of like Nathan Drake. I mean, he's become an iconic character and we all basically just associated with Nathan Fillion for many years, but like, right. yeah, y- y- this, y- this is Nathan it. Nathan Fillion did that short too. Yeah. Right? And but which like, killed, was by like, the way, can we get more was amazing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so, so here, so I, so I, it's funny. It, and it's interesting. I, I, I look, I'm an Xbox guy through and through. I say it all the time. It gets everyone mad at me, whatever. Xbox <laughs> is the better, is the better system anyway. So, um, so, but, but, I understand how this is a beloved franchise. This is not a franchise that just like got three games and, you know, people wonder why we got three games. It should have just been one game. This is a franchise that people love. And I almost wonder if that is going to hurt this film, because I think if, and and that's like kind of the, the trouble that you get into with, with adaptations, right? Like there is already a fan base that has expectations that you want to energize and, and, and be the cheerleaders for this movie. I have not played a single moment of these games. Oh my God. I have, I understand like uh, I understand the premise uh, of it. Right. But I don't, um, I I'm actually like, I'm kind of excited for it. Like there are, to me, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg have too much star power for me not to see them as other characters just yet, right? Like, I still, I watch this trailer and it looks like a Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland movie rather than like, oh, it's the it's this franchise. Okay, wow. but one of those okay. statements is valid. Like, there is such a thing as a Mark Wahlberg movie. There is no such thing as a Tom Holland movie yet. I, I mean, you I, just I created I'm... a term for something that does not exist. Okay. You have to have several hit movies that become a signature so you can say this is this type of person's movie. Okay. Tom say, Holland is Tom Spider-Man. Holland. You saw well, that's a what I mean. Spider-Man and I think that's what I, and that's that's what I mean. Maybe that's Tom Holland, there we go. Tom okay. Holland is, is so much, has done Spider-Man so well that when I see him act like, uh, you know, ju- uh, just a younger person, like I just immediately associate him with uh, with that Peter Parker role. And so like that's, well, that's yeah. true. Like, so Which, that's by the probably, way, he's yeah. great in. He's Which he's great, great in, in that. Nobody yeah. should take that away. Nobody. I don't want this to become like a Tom yeah. Holland, like I, like I hate because I no, know just it can stop. easily hey, become Pause that. for one second. Let's just get close to the mic. Nobody. Nobody can take yeah. the Spider-Man thing away from Tom Holland. No. So. Let's just put that out there. 
kids got that. Like that's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jim brought this up and, and about like how it feels like a Mark Wahlberg movie, like Mark Wahlberg being in a Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> and, and the thing is when they first announced his casting for Sully, full disclosure, I've played every single game in the franchise multiple times. <laughs> I love this franchise. Right. So, uh, there is a place where Mark Wahlberg's personality lends itself to Sully. Like there's a natural charm. Oh yeah. I feel that. Right. Like, so when he was cast, I went, okay, that could go wrong, but it could also go right. Like there it's there. You just actually have a mustache. (laughs) Yes. He should have a mustache. He should have a mustache. Be a little gray in the hair. Like there he should, you know, the Hawaiian shirt. Both of which are, yeah. Both of which Marky Mark makes sure are contractually never in his movies. (laughs) Right. So, okay. So, but it's there. It, it, you could get it. it. They didn't do it. It's this is not that Sully, but right. but Holland. It's just it's he's playing someone different. He's not. There, he there's did a, a Spider Man pose. He's not Nathan Drake <laughs> because that's the thing. The reason why Sully, even in Uncharted Three, when they go into the flashbacks and you kind of see the origin story of how they met, you see that Sully sees himself in Nathan. That's why there's that initial thing. Like Nathan's tailing him and trying to steal something. Like there's all that stuff, right? You never get that from this. There's not, there's not, because you don't see any of like, he doesn't seem like, like Sully we, at all. We basically <laughs> saw almost less than two minutes of, of it, footage and character. It's amazing how, how what a trade. Okay. Here's the thing. That's not on me. I'm judging what they put out. So they should have put out a damn better trailer. That's not see, my problem. For me, That's I have problem. no idea. I have no idea what that. Like, I have no idea what that is. What it's supposed to be. And so, to me, watching that trailer, I go, "Oh, I can get into this." But you don't play yeah. the game, so you have so no what? base of reference. Doesn't, so take it doesn't, matter. From, doesn't take away from. Doesn't take away from the fact that I think it's two it different take audiences. Away from the fact that well, I mean, sure, but and I don't also, know. Fillion killed that. I agree. Like, I agree. like I that, agree. that short killed. Everyone was also excited about the previous draft of the Uncharted movie that was going to come from 10 Cloverfield Lane director. And I'm blanking on okay. his name right now. But let's like but everyone let's be, was excited let's be, for that too. Let's be really honest here though. Nathan Fillion's character in that short, you could have thrown a brown coat on that guy, and it is it is his Firefly character. Because, okay? like, it, it because is, he is because Nathan Drake, Jim. There is like yeah, Nathan Fillion doing Nathan, Nathan Drake. Fillion. Yeah, we're having like a Thanos, like a dark side argument. That's why everyone was excited because Nathan Fillion in real life seems to be pretty much Nathan Drake. Yeah, like I'm not saying, like, I I can't remember. Yeah, I can't go back and remember, but I don't know if Nathan Fillion and Firefly weren't some of the kind of creative seeds of Nathan Drake or how that whole thing worked. But yeah, yeah, they're they're tied together. But uh, I mean, I don't think this, I mean, I think the bottom line is between Matt and Jim. I don't know if this movie's yet appealing to just people who follow these actors and like come to see Holland movies or Marburg movies are sold on this. And I don't mm-hmm. think video game fans are sold on this. So I don't know that they hit the mark with anybody, uh, so to speak. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's Uncharted. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about it. Sorry, I just have to throw it in there. I, I am. I'm definitely going to watch this movie. Yeah, I don't think it's a question. I think everyone's going to watch yeah. this movie. Yeah, even if people we'll hate on the trailers, people are still going to go see this thing. Yeah, I don't we'll know. see. We'll see. We'll Speaking see. of things that Jim is confident <laughs> about that I'm not so sure about, Eternals. Let's talk Ooh. Eternals. God, I'm so excited. So uh, we by this time next week, I think we'll have mo- like more opinion to share collectively. But right now, the first wave of Eternals opinions 
and all those spoilers have hit the internet. Uh, we're not going to talk anything about the spoilers. You want to go down those Reddit threads, that's on you. But uh, we're going to preserve it for everybody. But we will talk about the first Eternals kind of reactions. And you always got to kind of sift through the language of these because these are people who are, you know, invited to the premieres. They're in Marvel's inner circle. You got to always take that into account. You know, they don't set these things up to have bad press first releases. But uh, what I'm just going to say first, Jim, I love you, but these Eternals things, I feel like I'm still right kind of about this. Uh, if you haven't been following the show, I've been very trepidatious about this film. Jim is a huge kind of Jack Kirby Eternals fan. But we weren't, and I think all Janelle, Matt, I think we're kind of either in between or leaning towards me and saying like we weren't sold on this film yet. I I read the comics like the Jack Kirby like paid my dues, so I'm like on this train of like Eternals now. I'm so sorry. It's, you, it's been a journey, <laughs> but I'm so That's awesome though. I'm uh, on it. I just, it's it's mystical stuff. It, you know, it's up my alley. All right. Well, there you go. But um, yeah, I haven't been you know so confident that this movie was going to work out. Uh, I even wrote the controversial piece. Will oh. Eternals. Oh, nah, we got Eternals music trailer. They heard me. Um, <laughs> but basically, I was kind of skeptical of whether this could be a kind of downturn for one of these Marvel movies. Um, and it's the first time I said that for the for the record. I'm not like a Marvel. Wow. That's the only time I've written an article about an MCU movie. But I just had this feeling. So the first wave of reviews are out and they're not bad at all. Let's just put that out there. They're not bad. But there are kind of what I would call like mixed. Here's what our own. I believe I have uh, Brandon Davis's. Yes, Brandon Davis got to see it, host of Phase Zero, and he shared his thoughts. Uh, Jamie Girac, who was on the show recently and is over on Phase Zero, also shared her thoughts on their episode this week, which you can also watch after this on this Twitch channel. But here's what Brandon said uh, in a tweet. Eternals is a whole lot of movie. It is shot with a massive scope looking visually different and more intimate than anything else. Mar than anything else. Marvel. It has laughs, great surprises and heart to go with gigantic crowded story. It unpacks. Chloe Zhao has a really unique visual stamp. So that was his kind of entry level thing. But uh, in his further discussions, he and a lot of other people in the press kind of admitted that Eternals is going to be a very kind of exposition heavy Marvel movie. Like we're going to get a lot of Marvel cosmic dump on us. Uh, that sounded wrong. Uh, informational dump on us. And yeah, and there's going to be kind of maybe some of the battles aren't going to be as great because it is going to be these kind of people on wires fighting CGI character, CGI monsters. Um, strangely, there isn't a whole lot we've heard about like, you know, yeah, great villain. And like that conflict is really awesome. Ah, but uh, good point. You know, we haven't heard a lot of that. But, um, you know, and there's been kind of a debate, I would say, between whether people think the main Eternals cast gels and has chemistry or not. Um, Jim, do you want to defend your movie? <laughs> well, it's I, I mean, look, it's going to be a conversation that I think we're probably going to have in a little bit when we when we talk about Dune. Right. I think yeah. this is a look it, just in the reactions that that I've seen uh, about this, like it, in the. The critique of this is a whole lot of movie. I mean, and like Janelle just did. Janelle just did this. She picked up a whole. She read the Eternal. That's a whole lot of comic book. It's a right? lot. Like, it's, it's a you lot. Know, Eternals is not a long <laughs> is not a long run by any stretch. But there's a whole lot of ideas and stuff at play. It's there. a lot of information. Each yeah. one of those issues is so dense. <laughs> it is. I know. Can you believe I did that? <laughs> and so, so and so, I don't. I don't know if I buy that as being a detractor uh, or not being a drag, but, but being a, a detriment to, to the film. Like it's it, look, 
Marvel has a very uh, I hate using the word cookie cutter because they're not cookie cutter, but Marvel Marvel has a way of making movies, right? And have what we have seen over the over the last couple of years, they've got a formula. Yeah. What we've seen over the last couple of years is that they have tried to branch out into different genres. They've tried to do different kinds of movies the Marvel way. And I think this is uh this is is an extension of that where you know, like if we kept getting, uh, you know, the same movie over and over and over again, these movies would, this franchise would not be as successful as it is, as it is. And so every once in a while, you're going to need a movie that's going to maybe make you think a little bit more. Right. And so, yes, love that. but, I, but yeah. one of the other things that one, like there, there is one thing that gives me a little bit of pause and, it, and, it, and it's kind of the, the through line that I've seen in most of the online reactions is just that, um, so that, that some of the characters just aren't there. Um, mm. like, and I, and you know, but, but that being said, there's a ton of characters in this movie and it looks like that there is going to be a character for everyone. I mean, look, and that's the thing, the, the comics are the same way. I think if you come into the Eternals, uh, for the first time and, and you get it, whether you read the Kirby stuff or the game and stuff or, or, or any of it, right. There is, there is definitely going to be one or two Eternals that you are going to to latch on to. And that is, um, I think going to be true in the film. And it'll be interesting to see how, how it moves the Marvel story forward. Uh, cause I think that's the big question. I think that's the one where we don't know how this move, you know, knowing that these characters have been around for so many years, we don't know the effect that they have already had on the MCU. And now we need to know, like, if this is taking place here and now, what kind of effect they're going to leave on the MCU. And I think that scares people, but like, have they ever really let us down on that front? I don't like, I don't, I don't think so. So. Jim said it perfectly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Iron Man 2. <laughs> okay, but that's still, but like it's one, oh but like I mean, Marvel has done, but here's the thing that Marvel does, right? They have gone, they make those movies mean something the more movies they make. Okay, and so, yes, Iron Man, I, I Iron will Man 2 will have its due when we see Justin Hammer in Armor Wars. Okay, right? but like, that doesn't make it a good movie. It, that, just means that just means it means the Marvel means Cinematic something. Universe gives you a chance to redeem yourself. That's just one big <laughs> yeah, retcon. Right. Yeah, like, that's, Look, okay. everyone, so okay. around, everyone loves Thor the Dark World all of a sudden. No, no, like, no, no, I wouldn't go that far. People are looking back fondly on Age of Ultron now. Those are movies that that's called revisionist history. No, okay, these things still suck. Okay, it's just not. <laughs> like it's gosh like geez, I mean, your, your, is, your your like threshold of quality goes down i guess as you get older i mean like, movies change with generations I mean, <laughs> like, yeah movies change with generations very like, yeah, it, it's a it, i don't know but uh yeah so okay so can i say to be with, open to the change i agree Ooh. with jim though Ironically, I was going to agree with Jim on something, <laughs> even though I lost it that whole. <laughs> right, I agree with Jim though that I actually equate this more to Dune than, and not in a bad way, and we'll get into that later on. But like, I actually equate like hearing that there's a lot of mythology built up, and and they do a lot of world building here, and all this other stuff. That stuff can be interesting. Uh, that I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about it overall. Because honestly, I'm kind of conflicted on Doom. So, like, I, 
I don't know how that's going to make for a, a quality movie. And especially in Eternals case, because unlike Dune, we know that there's not like a second part coming. That's going to like fill in other blanks and finish things off. Like who knows what's next for Eternals. So, cause like I haven't seen it. Right. So I don't know how they right. spiral things into a next one or if they do or not. So I don't know. I'm, it's weird. I do equate those two though. I think, I think that would be a good comparison. I don't, I still don't know if it's going to be a good movie or if I'm going to like it, the trailers haven't really done anything to really get me invested. I mean, I'm seeing this because I like some of the actors and some of the stuff looks really pretty. <laughs> That's why I'm seeing do. this. I don't have November any before Thanksgiving. You got nothing else to do, buddy. <laughs> there you go. So they got you. All right. That's Eternals. They got us. Uh, we'll have more thoughts soon enough, but uh, for now, those are the early reactions. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up at Comic Book Nation Twitter account and let us know what you think. Are you excited for Eternals? Are you kind of sweating it out? How are you guys feeling? All right, I think we're going to take a break real quick, but when we get back, we're going to review Dune. We're going to re- talk about what was awesome about DC Fandome this year, and we're going to tell you what's hot on TV plus comics. So come on back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, we are back. This is Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com, where we take talk about all things good and geeky. And right now, we are going to go right through uh, DC Fandom. We left you guys right before DC Fandom hit last week, and our excellent team at comicbook.com DC really nailed that event and uh, got us all the goodness and broke out all the things you should probably know about these upcoming DC movies. So we're just going to go through real quick and just give you guys just a quick recap of our impressions and uh, kind of what we're excited about after DC Fandom. So I'll start right at the top and uh, let's get the obvious out of the way. We got that Batman trailer, huh? Uh, I've been pumping that Batman trailer straight for a week now, uh, only in <laughs> Ultra HD, only watching it in Ultra HD. I don't even bother with that YouTube crap. <laughs> I mean, you can't even see like the glory of what Matt Reeves has put together unless True. you re- truly see it in that Ultra HD where all the shadows and all that stuff really are crisp. And um, yeah, man, uh, I'm still digging the vibe of this. It was, I'll say it wasn't my favorite Batman trailer in the world. It was just like a lot of weird people saying, oh, my God, you're in this. You're <laughs> going to be screwed. And it's like, OK, I mean, you've done enough of the mystery part. Like, I get it. But like the opening with Paul Dano's Riddler and not showing his face. There's a very David Fincher seven vibe to this mm-hmm. film. And seven is my favorite movie. And David Fincher is my favorite director. So 
Uh, I, I'm all for Matt Reeves doing his best David Fincher on Batman. And <laughs> yeah, and this is a very different take on Batman, but I'm digging it. Zoe Kravitz looks awesome as Catwoman and looks like she's going to be a sexy badass and, you know, break a lot of hearts. And I'm all here for it. And I mean, revitalize the wig industry in a big way. So uh, <laughs> I'm here for all of that. And yeah, the music's, yeah, Michael Chicano's, uh, Chicano's music slaps real hard. That new Batman theme is a thing. It's a vibe. It's here. And that last shot is going to, I mean, you know, Nolan's Dark Knight had that shot in the first trail time we saw the truck flip and we were all just like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> this trailer ended, I think my son walked in and was just like, what's that? And when he saw just like the flaming car wreck and Batman walking in the upside walking down. From and, it. Yeah. Oh, that um, was such a cool, that was yeah, such, such a, a cool great shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, that whole sequence in the car, you know, camera inside a uh, penguin's car flipping and, you know, him just looking out and my son saw that and I was like, that's adult Batman and slapped down the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, I mean, yeah, even he was just like, I'm in. And I was like, no, you are not, but uh, you're three, but um, yeah. So I'm all in for the Batman. And of course that was, DC fandoms high crown jewel and they saved it to the end and why not? Uh, yeah, would you guys? Would you guys think? Let's go around. Would you guys think it doesn't have to be just Batman? Tell me what you loved about DC fandom, Matt. I'll tell you what about that Batman trailer? Though. It didn't really tell you. Didn't really tell you much. Like no, that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah, like you have like, no idea but, what this movie is about. <laughs> but this is a movie. But this is a movie that has been in the can basically. Like in the time that this movie finished and was supposed to come out, DC uh, uh, concepted, wrote, sh announced, shot, and finished an entire show, Peacemaker, in that time before we're going wow. to see, before like basically between Batman trailers. Yeah. And so I would have liked a little bit more on a story front um, because like there was truly nothing new there that we would come to expect from a Batman trailer. Don't get me wrong. I'm still very excited for Batman. I don't know that that trailer did anything to make me more excited for Batman. You just talked about Uncharted. The first trailer for Batman was so good that I am still riding on that high. This trail, but this thing, this this trailer doesn't do anything for me to get me more. I'm already still excited about Batman. I'm not more excited because I am like a vampire. I invited you in. There are there are gorgeous, beautiful shots in like in in this trail. There there's that silhouette of Selina and Batman like along the sunset. That that's like straight from a clay man. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. gorgeous does that do anything to get me more excited for the uh, for the movie eh, no i would have been just as happy seeing that in the i want to see more i want to see well, here's what i need i need to know why the riddler is a menace right? outside of just like him getting arrested or whatever there is nothing that tells me he is an he is a menace and, and like why this batman has to be so violent Yo, man, this, you're That's crazy. The point you're of crazy. Oh, okay. There's not just gorgeous shots. I'm going to go say, for so far as to say, there are some of the most gorgeous Batman movie shots I've ever seen in just this trailer. There's Patterson, no debating Dirty, you're not dirty Batman on the roof looking up, you know, iconic. <laughs> Love it. Batman's silhouette over the city, which is in every movie, like the best done here when he's looking out over the sunrise or sunset. I'm not sure which one it is. And it's just his <laughs> yeah, head and whatever. it's like right straight from behind him. Like that, even Penguin standing there in the thing. Like Pe this Penguin movie, Colin Farrell as Penguin looks like is going to be like a, a hidden gem of that movie. Like, yeah, just no, in the trailer, yeah. like, I, he looks. I'm great not sold on that. Riddler, 
But I'm, um, but I'm. Um, no, but that's what I mean. Riddler's supposed to be the big villain of this movie, and we still know nothing about him. And I get it. Well, we like, don't know that. Tweet. That's the whatever. Yeah, okay. But like, here's the thing. There is nothing about that says. Isn't this the whole thing about Reeves and this whole thing in like interviews and stuff is that he's trying to put the detective and the mystery part back in to this character that's so sure. if they give it all to you in the damn trailer what mystery is to solve okay. like yeah it's gonna be an actual kofi, mystery kofi, here. kofi brings it's not kofi brings beat cop. he's not the greatest beat cop of all time he's a great detective he's got to have something kofi to brought solve. up a great comparison with, with seven right okay oh my kofi God. brought up a great comparison with seven and i actually went to go back and re-watch that trailer because i get a lot of the same vibes and you watch those trailers you still get an idea that like there is a menace on the loose that the de- that the detectives have to stop otherwise it is going to just and you don't get that you don't get that from this I that get there is zero that, of that and you get more of that in the teaser trailer okay i'm gonna move on because you're just you know that, that line that line this is a powder keg <laughs> you know powder keg riddler's the match that didn't tell you anything all right well, i'll move on anyway, yeah because but we gotta keep say, these tight and let me just derailed. say <laughs> wait 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 i just want to say going back to the seven things seven was easy because it gave you their seven deadly sins this is seven right. days like it's all but if the Batman and if all the rumors early on in production we heard are true, this is a comic book movie. The instant they tell you one piece of one little clue of the mystery, everybody's like, it's a long Halloween. It's this, it's this, it's this. And then we just go out to the races. So, no, they can't say anything and they're not going to say anything. They're going to give you a bunch of beautiful shots, some action, and they're going to put your butt in the seat that way. Like, they don't want you. I mean, we're going to probably be writing. I've, I'm predicting we are going to spend most of our time writing about just unraveling the mystery of the Batman and like what Riddler did, all the political players, like how this all crumbles society and like all of that, we're going to be piecing together after this movie's come out, but I'll be there to see the mystery because <laughs> this is a much better trailer than Eternals or Uncharted. I mean, geez. you know what? It's like, you know what? Close. You know what I? You know what I thought? You know what I thought sold a villain uh, menace better than the the Batman trailer did the Gotham uh, the Gotham Knights trailer. Well, okay. I was going to get there, but yeah, we're going to move Jesus. on to some other fandom stuff because this is just getting crazy. Gotham, okay, the Gotham Knights trailer, despite the unfortunate leak, hours <laughs> ahead. Whatever it happened, despite that, uh, that was a great. That was a that was a really good. Trailer. A great trailer uh, again. Yeah, it was. didn't yeah. tell us anything, Jim. It, it didn't made tell us anything. Else you know what it told me? It told me that it told me that the, the the court of owls and the talons are going to be a pain we in the to go after. We knew that. Right, we but you know who the Court of Owls are. You never this, read any of that stuff. This, like, this is better than Scott Snyder's you. Court of Owls. I'm going to put that out. Whoa, there. these whoa, Court of Owls I, look I, more interesting. <laughs> oh my god, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Whoa, is the best whoa. look for the Court of Owls yet. So I, I agree, yeah. but a lot of it's pulled. Like a lot to of be that fair, is Scott, cool Scott is also writing the game. So yeah, like he's probably looking at this as like a chance of redemption, maybe. But like I but yeah. I, I I agree. This looks infinitely more interesting. But I look, but you, you don't get Gotham Knights without Scott writing. No, uh, you have to have that. To, but to, I mean to, I think the first quarter of hours was just too much of a Batman fan, like you know, hallucinatory story. Oh, I, I, I didn't yes. like that part of it. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, that so, so that let's move on. Yeah, we're gonna speed through we gotta get mad out of here in 20 minutes. Let's speed through some of this. Gotham Knights looked really good. Uh, yeah. In comparison to, to me anyway, Suicide Squad kills Justice League. That trailer did nothing so for boring. me. I don't know yeah. how. I don't care it. about that. I don't care about Not that game all. one bit. It just looks like a quick injustice game. You got to fight each member of the Justice League, and you're probably yeah. going to lose a lot of those. Like it was actually good for them that they showed that first. Because like yeah. if they had shown mm-hmm. that after Gotham Knights, it would have been like, oh, that would have been looked worth. But yeah, that's just, I don't know what it is. There's some great cast in there, but like did nothing for me. I also felt the same way about Peacemaker. 
That, that trailer did nothing for me. I, I break from you there. Peacemaker looks hilarious. And oh, I break in the middle so on that one. Yeah, no, I'm 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 breaking oh. from you there. I, like, I felt I'm that way about Aquaman. I wasn't excited. I didn't even remember that that happened. Neither did I. I didn't remember Aquaman two happened. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to reveal Aquaman two, but I don't like that suit. But I thought they were going to reveal Calder, uh, Calderon being in the movie, and I thought that was going to be like the big hype because we had the Aqualad hashtag trending before then. And if they reveal Calder or or even Garth, like I think that'll be more hype. But right now, eh. so let's move on to something else. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, Two big uh, first looks we saw: the Flash and Black Adam. Yeah, Black Adam. Oh I know everyone. God. I know everyone got super excited. Like everyone's super excited for uh, the Batman trailer, or whatever. In my opinion, you know, uh, whatever that Flash footage was the what that was the gem in the crown. Yeah, I mean, it was a good that. tease. The two what? together. Oh my gosh, it was a good tease, but it wasn't. But it didn't. Again, it, it didn't fine. do too much. Yeah, it, it was got recreation. Me more, got me more excited than the Batman trailer. It looked like because that scene rating it jim yeah. be honest <laughs> and because they re i mean they basically recreated a scene from cw's the flash before they like you know teased us with keaton and everything but i mean i'm interested in the flash i'm also a little confused about the flash this whole thing about the villains and barry allen and how many barry allens are we going to meet meeting other barry allens is yeah this can get real convoluted too so i'll tell you, I, I'm I'll tell you what though that that suit looks that suit looks really good on screen it's yeah no so it does pretty. no problems it with the suit really yeah. good Best flash suit I think we've had yet. No, yeah. no, no yeah. arguments there. Can we so talk really Black Adam just killing a dude? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first look. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are not allowed to talk about Black Adam without at least once mentioning that the uh, power, the the shift, the hierarchy of power, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Okay, we've said it. We can move on. Let's talk about. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, it's a rock movie, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see more of the Justice Society characters like Adam Smasher and everybody else. Pierce Brosnan is Doctor Fate. Hawkman, I mean, that Hawkman costume yeah. look. Like Aldous all the Hodge is Hawkman. Man, but that, that costume yeah. looks like, oh man, it's gonna be all the so JSA. Good. Lo- I mean, all the JSA yeah. costumes looked really good, but, but no, this, this, yeah. the Black Adam cloak and suit. I mean, I, I was, oh, I was in. So good. Yeah, yeah, Rock's gonna be great as Black. Adam I love how cocky version. he is about yeah. his project. Like he knows how good it is. <laughs> this, <laughs> like, this movie. Amazing. This movie, I, I said that I said this in Slack the other day. Black Adam is is proof that a movie can be in production for ten years and <laughs> and still inevitably come out, which means there's still hope for Spawn. Uh, and so, <laughs> oh, Shazam two. What you guys think? I mean, we just got a behind the scenes of Shazam, Shazam two. Yeah, but uh, we got to get Matt out of here in eight minutes, and we got some stuff to talk about. No, that uh, looks good. Yeah, uh, and uh, the ladies, yeah, Lucy Liu and uh, Helen Mirren oh, looking. You know, so Helen. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Lucy Liu. I mean, I got those Kill Bill vibes all over again, and I was like, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been watching. I, I mean, the show the show's been over for a few seasons, but I've been. Uh, I loved um, Elementary on. Uh, oh, Elementary! On oh, yeah. That Elementary. show was so show was so well. good. Uh, really and so and so, uh, so I just love seeing Lucy Liu back back in action. We need to bring that again. back. Can we get that Page. back? I mean, yeah, that, that was a, that was, was it was too many Sherlock's at the time, but that was a gem for sure. And yeah. it got its due, but it got its due. Um, we're yeah, going to finish did. out Fandom by saying, yeah, um, we're real excited. I know all of us here are really excited to see what they do with uh, Batgirl. Yeah. I know Matt was yep. really excited to see uh, the animated version. We did, you know, the comic book version of Harley Quinn, Eat, Bang, Kill Tour uh, coming yep. up in the next season of Harley Quinn God, show. I can't wait for that show. That show oh, yeah, that's going to be so amazing. Great. Um, and even Batwoman and the CW stuff looks like it has some fun stuff going on. 
Yep. So uh, yeah, go on comicbook.com DC because we got all kinds of insights. We got a Wonder Woman comic event coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, yeah, when we talk about Nubia and Wonder Woman's getting the biggest roller coaster in the world, the Six Flags. The hierarchy. Wow, I didn't know that. And the DC <laughs> I, I roller coaster that. universe is about that. to change. I think I like uh, that. Yeah, that was A plus usage, Kofi. A plus. Oh, I did that in an article. I had that. I put that in the article. <laughs> um, well yeah. That's so good. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our main event that people showed up here for. Uh, we're going to really quick, and we're just going to go through these really quick because obviously we're not giving any spoilers for the things we're about to review. A lot of people have not been able to see them. We're going to review Dune and a couple TV shows. And so we're just going to kind of keep this light and quick and give our impressions and just kind of guide you guys to these things or away from them, depending on what your tastes are. So uh, I sat down and watched. Now, I don't confess my weaknesses or my lapses very often since I've been in this industry too long, but I grew up in a household where Dune was on TV all the time. And it was one of those things I would always roll my eyes at my dad and my brother watching because I could not understand a lick of it. Uh, and so I never watched the whole thing because I'd seen so many pieces but I, you know, they had it on HBO. So I just sat down and before the new Dune came out, I finally watched the original Dune, David Lynch's Dune uh, from the 80s from start to finish. And uh, I mean, I, I get it like Tron. I get why at the time it, it was, you know, so fascinating, but it is hilarious to watch it now. It is just I mean, it is just if somebody gave Lynch just money to make a sci fi film and he did what David Lynch does. Uh, and it, it's it's funny, but um Oddly enough, the new, the old Dune in its kind of very truncated telling of uh, Frank Herbert's like entire, entire saga is an actually good overview guide for watching this new Dune, <laughs> which is much more in detail and in, in taking a lot of the text and spreading it out, right? Like across multiple films. So just getting the overview of old Dune really prepared me and helped me for new Dune. Um, and so I invite people to actually go back and watch the original still. I still would say do that because it is weird and crazy and so 80s but like a lot of great people are in it from max von Sydow to kyle mclaughlin to sting um yeah so check out old dune but um with that primer i actually did really kind of dig new dune it is a slow burn let's just get this out of the way and by now if you don't know denny villain waveview's kind of filmmaking style <laughs> like if you're still complaining that it's slow or boring like if you didn't dig blade runner 2049 you're probably not going to dig Dune because so, it's the same. His take on sci-fi or like Arrival, like his take on sci-fi is very. I, I got to I got to step in there just for a second, only because I did not like Blade Runner at all. Like I went into I went into Dune being like I almost like I want to hate this right from the beginning. Um, and I'll get to it when it's when it's my turn. I liked this a lot better. Than Blade Runner. There you uh, go. Uh, Twenty forty nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I, I mean, the narratives. Yes, I'm just saying, like. It is still but the, the kind these of movies are thing. investments. <laughs> yes. Time investments. Yeah, it is time investments. And and Denny like is very meditative. He's a very meditative filmmaker. Like it's a lot of scenes of quiet and people staring and ominous music and like not necessarily very so kinetic. Cool. Like yeah. not very kinetic things happening. It's just like a lot of impressionism, like a lot of stuff, right? Uh, and Dune is a very kind of weird text because it's all about. You know, Paul Atreides, uh, Timothy Chalamet, or as I call him, Shamlet. Uh, Shamlet's character is, uh, get it, like Hamlet, but Shamlet, anyway. So <laughs> Timothy Chalamet's character is, you know, he's having Paul Atreides, is having these visions, this mysticism. Then there's the sci-fi stuff with the shields and the different houses. It's all Game of Thronesy with me with remembering who everybody is. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, visually, this film is, I mean, Denny is a very accomplished visual filmmaker and 
I would recommend people go see this on a big screen because this is a gorgeous film visually, especially like when the action kicks up in the third act and it, and it gets kind of really heated. Um, but I like, I think the story and the kind of the elements of the book that were missing from the sensibilities of the eighties movie, like lady Jessica's role with Rebecca Ferguson, getting like a much bigger spotlight in this telling of it and how that affects the character of Paul Atreides and the kind of suggestion that's kind of the keystone that says you have two legacies, like you're for your father and you're your mother. And like what all that means makes it a lot more understandable than the first Dune movie and is a good buildup. And I think if you were to sit down and, and watch eventually all of these films together, it will feel like an epic saga. And this will feel like a very good first chapter. And I think it does a better job of ending, even though it ends in kind of a similar way to like say fellowship of the ring or something like that. Like, I think it is, an effective ending to setting you up for what the next chapter brings. If you know where Dune kind of goes from here, but um, you know, great cameos from a lot of people that we know and love. And uh, yeah, man, like Dune is always going to be Dune, but I think for my book, from all the adaptations I've seen, this is the best one I've seen so far, but that's just me. I'm going to say something that is probably going to be very unpopular and people are going to be like, what the, but Zendaya <laughs> is pointless in this film. Like literally she has four lines in the entire thing and it's just slow motion music video. I don't know how much they paid her to be in this movie, but I swear to God, they were paying for her to just walk red carpets in like well, that, like awesome outfits. Wow. Um, yes, they paid for her. Zendaya's character has a much bigger role to come. Let's I was so disappointed that. in that. I just right. wanted more of her because I love yeah. her and I was like really disappointed that I didn't see her. But other than that, I really did like the film a lot, but I just kept waiting for her. I'm like, where, where's well, my girl? Where to, is Janelle's, she? to Janelle's point, that's also why I'm kind of conflicted on it. Because as Kofi mentioned, there's a lot of things and a lot of characters in here that, well, they have a part to play in the next part. Well, I don't have that part yet. <laughs> and this one isn't like a typical chapter one type story. You know what I mean? It kind of mm -hmm. leaves you off kind of like you just stopped reading on a Tuesday and you were going to pick up on a Wednesday, but then like, Oh, you never picked it up again. It's not like a full on cinematic stop. And oh, and I do the know the story. Cunning's yeah. like, well, you don't know the story. No, I know the story, but like, it sucks that I have to wait for an entire new movie to come out to actually see what's happening. And like, I, I think see it could be I think it could have been executed better. I don't know. I thought that part could have been. Now this comes from okay, someone. If you guys, like, Jack, Jack, if you guys need more Zendaya. Yeah. If you need more Zendaya uh, Dune content in your life, just go get the skin on Fortnite. And uh, <laughs> right, but that's not the only character it happens to. And there are also aspects, like yes. story aspects of the movie yeah. that also kind of abruptly stop. But again, this comes from someone like Jim with Uncharted. I know Jack about Dune. Okay, I didn't <laughs> watch the original movie. I didn't I'm in the, the I'm in the same boat you are. So like, I come at this. It's stunning. Like there are. I, I heard someone say it, uh, and I can't remember who now, so I won't. I will paraphrase him. But th there was a there was a really funny thing about like him, the director trying to outdo himself with every yeah. scene, and like making yeah. that the best scene ever put on film, right? And like there is a little bit of that. Like every scene is stunning. Like those those ships when they're like unloading like the little bots or whatever, and the missiles down. Like every single thing, even the shield noise. Like when it mm -hmm. when things kind of go through the shields and they're back. Like that stuff is is awesome. And I didn't actually think this was as slow a burn as I expected. I really thought it was going to be a slog for the first hour. And then I would get to stuff. And I actually wasn't about 20 minutes in. I was, I was already invested in, in stuff. Um, but I agree with Janelle. I think that certain care, like 
it's just the nature of the beast in telling this big story in this way. But I think there are ways that it could have been executed better. I don't know. In that respect, I just, just that part. I just appreciate that I was expecting a lot of exposition dumps. And you get, and I, it's probably why the movie is so long because you get a steady drip of exposition as opposed to um, it coming to you in, in big chunks. It allowed me to get the information, experience what is on screen while not having either take away uh, from, from the other. Uh, I, you know, again, coming as a total, you know, neophyte to this, like, I, I mean, obviously I, I'm going to make comparisons to things that I know and I get a lot of, I mean, I, I get a lot of star Wars uh, vibes uh, from this thing. I know it's very different, but yeah. like just as someone coming into it, uh, seeing all that, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I can kind of see that. But like, I mean, like the production design is just, is straight up gorgeous. The, the shots are there. Uh, I, the movie, the movie makes me want to go like go see it in IMAX. Like I I watched it at home, yeah. but I like it feels and that's the thing with with I think Denise movies, right? Like he he makes them intending them to, to be experiences and like theatrical experiences are a very real thing and I think seeing this movie in IMAX is going to be an experience. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just I I'm not a fan of the like inherent let's make a uh let's you know take a giant thing and break it up into three parts. This I think needs it. I almost think this may have worked as like a prestige limited series, right? Dude, Not necessarily I was thinking the a same trilogy of movies thing the whole time. I was like, this should be a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but, yeah. but anyway, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed it uh, way more than I thought I, w- I, I was going to, I, I saw it at home. I'm definitely going to go see it in theaters. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Dune. We're going to hop over for two comics because uh, Matt's got to get out of here pretty soon. But I want him to uh, have a chance to kind of flex on these comics this week. So we'll do comics. And then in kind of our final mentions, we'll talk about the TV stuff we're going to get to. So, uh, Matt, why don't you take us through comics? Sure. So uh, let's get started with what we were talking about before. Uh, Nubia. Uh, so we, we've talked a lot about the Wonder Woman uh, in DC Comics and how they're all starting to get their own solo series. And now it's Nubia's turn, who uh, she is the queen of the Amazons right now as Apolita is doing stuff with the League. And Diana's like just come back from like being an overseer and Yara's uh, like in a bunch of other places. So it, the Wonder Woman world is, is crazy right now. Uh, but Nubia and the Amazons, uh, we talk a lot about uh, exposition. There is a lot of that in this book as well. It might be a running theme of the podcast. <laughs> uh, there is a lot of that here, but but like a lot of the things we've been talking about, I I actually think I came away with like appreciating all the things it sets up. It, it sets up the well. It sets up kind of this. There are been hints of these in other in other books, um, and and the history of the mascara, but like we really get a lot of really meaty details on like how this whole other side of the Island works and all these people and like how Nubia came to be here. Like there's a lot of that interesting stuff here. If you're not invested in that, I can see someone being bored with this issue. Uh, but if you are invested in that, I think you'll find a lot to, to really like here and latch onto. Um, and by the end, I also think they set up a pretty compelling hook going going forward um you know what did you guys think about that i gotta say this is the best of the new kind of wonder woman universe we're building this book actually did the best job of hooking me with like a very good mapping of the mythology that's relevant to this key just focusing on some key details and setting up a good mystery 
and kind of stakes right from the beginning. This was a very, we talk about how sometimes first issues can be just sacrificed to really set the stage and then just do a big reveal at the end. But I think this one more so than others balanced kind of reestablishing character and mythos and building mystery at the same time. And I loved what they did. And I wish more comic creators would kind of look at this book and, and really embrace this with dual story, like dual moment storytelling, yeah. like cutting scenes between things that are happening between like the welcome banquet and the guard at the door of doom or whatever it's called yeah. and like what's going on with that. And that was just so well done that you were like, <gasps> you know, you're reading a party yeah. scene, but you're reading a party scene really intensely. And you're like, Oh my God, like what's going to happen here. And you know, are this party going to get busted up? And you know, they did a very good job with that. And they did a good job of making Nubia herself already kind of feel, and I'm not just saying this because she's a black woman and Storm's a black woman, but like on that kind of storm level of like regal, but like very scrappy at the Mm -hmm. same time and resourceful and seems like she could be interesting and like, but interesting in a very different way than Diana's interesting and very different way than Yara Flora's awesome or interesting. So I'm really looking forward to this and for the event that fandom teased that this is all kind of leading. Yeah. Trial of the Amazons. I just just really, the the thing that I really want this book to, to find an audience, get an audience and all that, because I think what, what Vita and Stephanie and and Aletha are doing here are really like, they're setting up a lot of chess pieces here and I Mm -hmm. want to see all of them like yeah. come into play. And if that, if a lot of that comes into play in the, uh, in, in the event coming up, then, then I'm, I'm in for it. But this was a, a great first issue. It was, I love, it was really I good. love great yeah. first issues. And this was, this was definitely top notch. Janelle, what'd you think? This was my least memorable of the three. Mm, so, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> we it, were like 75% all day. Today. I liked it. I, I no, no, you don't it. have to, I'm just joking. No, but it's true. Like I, I did, I enjoyed it, but obviously like you put death of strange up right. next to it. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even focus. I'm like, Oh my God, I get to read strange. Uh, but I thought it for what it is, like I understood what was happening to an extent. I think I need to continue on to really deep dive and understand like what exactly is happening. Um, but I am intrigued to see what's going to go on. Like, you know, they left me on that cliffhanger of like, Oh my gosh, like why, why did all of this happen and what does it mean and where's it going? So I I would say I'm, I'm like, I'm not all in, but I'm dipping my toe in it and I'm interested. Well, that's good. Also, yeah, yeah, that final, that like big splash page with yeah. the dream, the vision and all that is really Oh my um, gosh. And you brought up, that's the perfect segue. So let's get into the death of Doctor <laughs> Strange number two. I remember, and uh, as much as Janelle is a huge Doctor Strange fan, I still, I think I remember from the first issue of this series that we were all kind of lukewarm because it was like Doctor Strange hearing himself talk for like 90 pages. Oh yeah. man, were you guys lukewarm on it? I loved that first issue. Uh, I mean, I... That, yeah. I, I liked it, but I mean, we weren't, yeah, we weren't lukewarm. I think that was what I was saying when I said, you know, when I made reference to the fact that we've been kind of talking about how first issues are sacrificial pawns sometimes, sure, because you got to reestablish mm-hmm. a lot of mythos yeah. and kind of catch people up, and before you get into the actual, here's the gotcha of the story. Yeah, explaining that it. like other version of himself took a while. Yeah, I liked it, but I it was way too wordy, and I feel like what happens though is that. McKay gets like changes course in this issue and like within two pages is right into explaining where we are now and then moving that forward and I thought this issue just picked up a lot like it was just a better 
more interesting issue for me. One, because uh, you actually get to see this strange's personality quirks like come mm-hmm. out and, and there's a lot of fun like playing off of the people that are around and like some of that stuff is just really fun. Uh, and then we also get to see like the threat uh, yeah. And you you typically get one sacrificial lamb in establishing a new threat. You know, they just pick a hero and it's like, who can we get to job out to this new villain for this particular <laughs> issue to make them look imposing? And here it's like the whole Avengers team. <laughs> We're just going to really job cool. out the Avengers. Effortlessly. Um, yeah, effortlessly. Uh, but, you know, I thought it, it worked here and, and it got you hooked on them and it feels like a real threat. And those are a lot of real estate. I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, me too. Uh, Loved it. So, so exciting. Can't obviously like, thank you for not making the issue 50 pages. Like I just love it when they can nail a story in like a short amount of pages and like just really establish everything that I need and leave me wanting more. Just great job. I'm so excited about this. So excited. And the villain, the mother thing is just like, creepy crazy cool dude it yeah. was yeah this was like the, a perfect jed mckay magic man man yeah, for, you so know, cool. first of all marvel magic villains can be so stupid like so <laughs> um these three are actually really terrifying these are some of the best kind of mystical powered characters i've seen since Araco and over in the x-men oh, since yeah. we met all those mutants over there um but these are all three of them are uniquely designed creepy I mean, the designs are just so good of these three sisters. The one that just basically like deflects and changes everybody else's energy and magic, like well, with her third hand, the one who's just like a rough warrior. And then the one that I love that looks like something on the Darkhold with the worms over a statue. Oh, yeah. Oh, so so weird. So creepy. So good. And Iron well, Man. She starts to like slither out of the portal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, my God. I was and like, Iron Man screaming, they're in the armor. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just so <laughs> great. But the real heart of this is. Young Doctor Strange, they they just that character is so good because you forget who this character was like in the seventies and whatever, and him just saying I'm master of the black of black magic and everybody being like what and <laughs> like so good and just the humor with him and Clea and that whole history which can be so convoluted but like they just turn into like a great relationship joke in this thing and they're like and Captain America's being like bro your wife and he's like my what <laughs> and just like all of that. It was action, it was humor, and it actually made Marvel magic kind of feel understandable, relevant, threatening, and cool, which is something very hard to do because it can just spiral out into words, gobbledygook words that you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love that word. Let's go. Now this is like, for me, a must-read series, like straight off the bat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will, I've got to run. So I will uh, do a really quick intro on a, on a third book. Uh, we were talking about him earlier. Scott Snyder uh, has a series of uh, Comixology original uh, series coming. And the first one dropped Night of the Ghoul. Very fitting for the Halloween season. Um, the premise is just really, I don't know. I think it's just kind of really fun and, and very apropos. It's its like this person's finding, discovering this uh, like vaunted horror movie that never got released because the footage was burned up uh, in this like great fire. Um, And so it was kind of like heralded as like this classic that no one ever saw and created this monster that no one ever really got like that set up all the other monsters. And so there's a lot of really interesting stuff there basing on, on horror tropes and, and classic movies. But then like, this person finds the actual writer who's like going by a different name. And I don't know. There was like, there's two different plots going on and you're, you're seeing like what the movie is and also 
the story behind the movie and what it sets up. And then there's this like really classic horror tint that comes on right kind of towards the middle to end. I, I thought it was really interesting. Again, I picked like all wordy comics this week. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I, I didn't even ones. notice Matt. Okay, well, so, good. Like, okay, good. Good. Uh, <laughs> I know. I didn't even realize. <laughs> Cause like, I was like, Oh God, they're going to hate me. Um, no. But yeah, like I, there was a, there was some, I feel like there was, there was some exhibition, especially once we get into like the, the actual movie descriptions and stuff, but I still thought it was really interesting. I'm like, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I was like over the moon, but I, I was enough to where I want to read the next issue and see where it goes. That's kind of where I was. What I think we think? can get you out of here by saying for me that this falls into the category of those first issues I was talking about, yep. where you <laughs> had to establish all of this exposition for what essentially amounts to a big payoff at the end. Yeah, but it is a good payoff and it's a payoff that is going to make the rest of the series enjoyable to follow and and kind of edge your seat horror exciting so yeah i'm really happy to be works. reading this during halloween time yes. like it was right? a great spooky like fun yeah. thing to read right now i really Perfect. enjoyed this one a lot yeah yay okay good deal all right well i will catch you guys later Thanks, Matt. <laughs> right, Matt. good comic recommendations let's go <laughs> take it easy matt now that that guy's going let's talk kofi about- i watch i i watched scary stuff for you this week yeah we're gonna talk no, about i hate that. it yeah, we're thank you. We're gonna talk about that now that Matt's gone. Let's talk about these horrible comics. Now I'm just kidding. We love Matt. <laughs> um, so before we get out of here, we were gonna put you guys on to some things happening on the TV front. Uh, first, quick note: uh, the Transformers mo- movie Rise of the Beast has wrapped filming. Ooh. So that is on the way. We gave you guys a first look at the new Autobots awesome. uh, picture a couple shows ago. But just to kind of keep you on our Transformers beat for all you fans out there, the next Transformers movie has wrapped. Filming. The new Optimus Prime looks so good. I'm just like, yeah, it's I'm be, so it's ready for it. Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal is just what I'm here for. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. So that's good. But um, on the TV side, uh, I had, <laughs> oh, sorry, Janelle. It is Halloween <laughs> season. So last week we did Halloween Kills and I wanted to keep it spooky this week. And so give you guys just some good spooky recommendations. And um, the first thing we did was uh, the I Know What You Did Last Summer. If you were a 90s kid like me and Janelle, then uh, I'm sure your high school experience was marked by piling in with a bunch of people. And if you snuck a 30 pack in like us doing that too, <laughs> to watch the original movie with Ryan Felipe, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prinze Jr. Cult classic film, R.L. Stein book, cult, you know, classic R.L. Stein book. But um, yeah, this new series is... Kind of, uh, it was kind of, it surprised me. It's a YA horror series, and you have to accept that this is a modern group of youth that you're following. <laughs> like, very selfies much Selfies and so. drugs. Yeah, selfies and drugs. Uh, <laughs> and it's in Hawaii, so it's a very kind of eclectic, diverse, you know, island population of, ca- you know, cast. But uh, I really dug it, and I actually was surprised about how, you know, I don't want to say hardcore, but, you know, for YA, how adult some of this stuff got for oh, a yeah. YA show it's it's YA in the sex the drugs it's why I mean it's adult in the sex and drugs it's very adult in the killings that happen uh are brutal and very there were some real horror moments and the cast does a good job and I was actually I'm, I'm kind of intrigued in a kind of lost you know the show lost kind of way because the show does good about showing you these people and then expanding on who each of them actually are what kind of complexity or problems they have and all of that 
So I'm actually digging this crazy series. I'm actually digging. I know what you did last summer. Janelle, I forced you to watch this. How did you feel? <laughs> I can't believe it, but I like it. I'm I'm shocked. Like it's I felt like it was a guilty pleasure where I, I was like, this is so not up my alley. I hate coming of age stories, whether they're spooky, scary, gory, happy romance. I don't care. I hate teenager stories. It's it's just not my jam. And I was actually really into this. Also, I cannot believe that kids these days are like this. It's wild. Yeah. I, it, it seems like they really yeah. hit the nail on the head. Like this is actually what's going on. I don't know. I've been out of high school for so long. I have no Yo, idea. Man, I got into a fight on my last podcast. One of still the most epic things people bring to me about me fighting with my co-host about Project X, that movie, and how accurate was that to kids at the time? And I was like, this is scary. I'm a teacher. Like, this is scary accurate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And we've come years from that. These I kids feel are so clueless, but yeah. I feel like they did a good job with that. And I really liked it. I actually, I was like, okay, I got to keep going. I was like, I'm watching every single episode that they release, and I'm fully caught I up. So I, I went hard. I even watched a preview screener before it came out. Because <laughs> um, yes, Amazon knows I'm addicted now, and so they're like come on keep going and i was like i will and i i didn't watch any of the trailers for this and i recommend you don't too the first episode is really good if you don't know anything about it just go in and kind of go into the end so that's i know what you did last summer me and janelle both give our thumbs up she don't even like scary stuff so it's on amazon prime video the next thing we're going to talk about is uh you season three I, me and Matt, we were doing this podcast when that show came out and it came out of nowhere. And we were not, I mean, we hadn't watched it when it was on broadcast before Netflix picked it up. And we both just kind of started it randomly. And we were like, are you really into this show? I'm into this show. So we've been on the U train and um, I got to say, I'm liking U season three. I'm in the middle of it right now. I'm still seeing it. And if you've ever been in a relationship for a long time or been married for a long time, (laughs) this season of U is especially great because it takes these two people and it's about a stalker and, you know, a serial stalker and killer and somehow makes this a kind of romantic comedy drama out of it. Soap opera. But uh, yeah, Um, in season two, he met his match in a girl and uh, season three is about them trying to have a marriage and a kid and do all this in suburbia while still being really messed up killers. And it's just a really fun metaphor for, for the complexities of being married and dealing with your partner and all the tensions and struggles and all that, but uh, taken to the degree that you, that you likes to take these things. And uh, I really love that show. And I love the uh, actors, including the actress who joined from, uh, you know, Hill House and Bly Manor. So I'm digging that use back. Yeah, I didn't attempt to watch this one because, again, I haven't started it. So I was like, I can't jump in on season three. I might. I mean, just with your kind of explanation of it, I'm intrigued. But can we talk about I'm just just throwing this out there. Titans this week was awesome. Yeah, I haven't gotten to Titans finale yet. Guys, I'll be I'll admit it. So, Janelle, if you want to go hard on that real quick, why don't you just give us no spoilers? I'm not going to spoil or anything, but um, I just think that we get to see a good ending, um, a lot of teamwork, um, some really unique outcomes like what you just you did not expect certain things to happen the way that they did with Raven and um, Starfire and uh, like it's just it's really good I definitely don't want to spoil because there's not like if you did watch DC Fandom you did see a teaser of the finale and um, just that alone made me really excited about what was going to happen in this episode and it just was like a massive like team effort that is really good to see on the screen. Uh, yeah, so and if, if you want something much lighter to watch, I would suggest uh, watching Only Murders in the Building because 
That show is fantastic. Is that the Selena Gomez one? Yeah, this is Selena Gomez one. one. Steve Martin and Martin Martin Short. Steve Martin and Martin. Selena Gomez one. We're getting out of here. All right. She's great in it. No, she's great. Anyway, go watch that. It's a great show. Steve Martin Martin Short show is a Selena Gomez show is is 2021, I guess. Um, (laughs) All right. So that's it. And uh, finally, our last mention is on Netflix. If you are jonesing after Squid Game and they're still kind of like on that Squid Game kick, uh, you guys recommended it to me here, and I thank you. Uh, but only, uh, or no, not only Murders in the Building, Alice in Borderland, uh, okay. the adaptation of that graphic novel series, uh, Alice in Borderland, is on Netflix as well. It's Japanese, it's not Korean, and it, it's about people who are taken to this weird alternate Tokyo and forced to compete in, you know, games, not children's games, but like kind of video game style games. It's more about the gaming culture than anything, but uh, kind of same kind of premise. So check that out if you are looking for a Squid Game replacement. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. I want to thank Janelle Wheeler and Jim Viscardi for hopping on and joining us. I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate it. If you are just getting into the show, we are live every Friday at noon Eastern here on Twitch TV backslash comic book where you can find all the comic book podcasts, our Marvel podcast, Phase Zero, our Pokemon podcast of Wild Pokemon has appeared are also on this channel. So just subscribe. If you want to get into the show, follow us at Comic Book Nation. You can follow me at Kofi Outlaw. You can follow me at Janelle Wheeler. And I'm at Jim Viscardi. If you want the audio, we're on all your favorite podcast platforms from Apple TV to telling any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. And you can watch us on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. So be sure to check it out. And we are streaming as well on Paramount+. Plus. So if you haven't climbed that mountain of entertainment, you might want to get on it. All right. That'll do it for this show. This is Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in again and say peace. Bye, guys.